Welcome back to another episode of the Water Podcast. My name is Daniel. I have a very special guest with me today. I have my guy Adrian with me. Uh, I met him at Virginia Tech where he graduated a year after me with a degree in accounting. So he's an accountant by trade, but he also does financial education consulting. He's the owner of Checkmate Pro Services, a moving and cleaning business based in the DMV area. He's also an Airbnb super host, stock investor, crypto investor. And we really started to get cool on Twitter after graduation, though, for real. And at the time, I believe after you graduated, you were working for a nonprofit. So that's kind of where we're going to pick up here for the sake of time. So quick blast from the past, because just uh, just to make sure I remember correctly, your the nonprofit was, was back home, right? Yeah, it was in uh, it was in Norfolk. Mm, OK. So you might not even remember this. Do you remember? Because we, we kind of got cool off Twitter like around that time. And you sent me like a a, a, a package like to my to my uh, my home address about like converting to vegetarianism. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. I found wait, did it. I send it? Yeah. Uh, wait, how did I send it? I think you just like put it out there on Twitter and I was like kind of interested. I was like, sure. I, 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 I'm asking because I found it when I moved when I moved from Nova back here to this area, I found that packet super randomly and I was like, wow. No, that's random as shit. Yeah, because it was <laughs> the nonprofit was PETA. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I definitely wasn't like into the animal shit, to be honest with you. Um, it was just like they loved having me there because they were all on the, you know, the, the animal wave. So they didn't have a lot of accounts and like, business-minded people yeah so like i was implementing stuff in my couple months there that like was blowing their mind but i wasn't trying to stay there um but damn i don't remember how i could have sent a packet that shit is weird that's weird because I- <laughs> hold on like from me or is it from peter it was from it was from peter but but you know what I mean? Like, so I don't think you like, I don't know if you like box it up yourself, you know what I mean? But I think it came off the strength <laughs> yeah. of something you like tweeted like super random. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't even remember ever tweeting about Peter, to be honest with you. <laughs> Cause it wasn't something that I was like happy or proud about. No, for you. For you. You're, you're t- that was when your Twitter was like hip hop intellect, right? Or like something along yeah, those lines. That's random as shit. Um no, so that was right before that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was more when I was just on sports and just random shit, you know what I mean? Yep. yep, uh, yep. Just just graduated college, so. I mean, I don't know. I didn't really have a brand. It wasn't all about that at that time. You know what I'm saying? No, I feel you. I feel you. Hey, but hey, let, it, let the record reflect. I, I was with you shooting in the Twitter gym, dog. Yeah, for a long time. That's crazy shit. That's so random because I'm trying to think back to I'm going to have to search my shit to just see like um, what I might have said about Peter because I'm interested now. Um, that's hilarious because I swear to God, I don't even remember nothing about that right now. Like, yeah. and I smoke, I smoke, so that factors. That's random as hell. Uh, yeah, that's a long time ago. That's uh, yeah, I was that was pre hip hop intellects, and then I started the blogs, and then I switched my joint to hip hop intellects. Well, actually, I started a new Twitter behind hip hop intellects, and then that was the one that that eventually became the joint that that I got now. So I ran that one up to like only four or five hundred followers. It wasn't a lot, um, but then once I started talking about the money, that's when that's when the followers came. <laughs> yep. Yep, I remember. Um, Cause it was, I remember. So I remember like wh- what you generally talked about, and then I remember hip hop and like, and then I, it was mixed music, right? And then it was mixed money. Is that yeah, mi- yeah, mixed music, then mixed money. Yeah, cause I remember the day. I think it's when you started tweeting about the stocks, and like you made that analogy. It was around that time when I, when, when like I, I happened to check your joint. And your follow, I saw your follow. I was like, God damn. Oh, uh, when my follow joint went up. Yeah. Yeah, that shit happened literally. I mean, it went from 500 to like 1500 overnight one time. Uh, 
I think it was uh, the Chris Johnson dude. He retweeted my pen thread about the shoes. Yep. Um, so then that joint, everybody started following me off of that. And then I tweeted the Bezos uh, net worth breakdown joint. Mm. And then that brought in like 5K followers overnight. Just one. I, I, I looked up. I looked at my shit the next day and I was at like 6,500. I was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. It was kind of surreal. I was like, what was this really happening? Uh, and then, yeah, ever since then, it's been like a slow growth because I'm never, I, I'm not about like trying to necessarily grow my followers for I'm I'm more about just spit, speaking my mind and getting these messages out because I think, uh, I think they're important and I just know like they're going to, I'm going to get followers off of that. Not because I'm trying to, but just because what I'm saying is real. You know what I mean? So, that is how I got the followers from the jump too. Like I ain't put, I didn't put none of those threads out on some like, Oh, these about to be big follower grabs. I didn't, the Basil joint like literally went viral on some like 11 K 12,000 likes. Um, and I had no idea that was about to happen. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like at all. I, I literally almost shell, I almost sent that thread to drafts. Cause once I got it done, I was like, man, this shit might piss people off. Yeah. Um, they're gonna think I'm riding Bezos' dick, and just I was like, you know, maybe maybe I shouldn't do this, but I was just like, fuck it, I'm doing it. So mm-hmm. ended up being a real good move. Um, but point is, is like, yeah, I was just never really seeking followers. I was, uh, I had a feeling they would come because of the path I was on and what I was saying. But I just always tried to be authentic with mine, and uh, and I think people appreciate that. But it doesn't. Since then, my follower count has been slow. I mean, I'm only at like, well, not only, but 8,000 now, I think. So it ain't like I'm getting 1,000 every month or nothing crazy. Uh, but I think it was like uh, one dude, uh, was it Brandon? Uh, the the, rich, the real rich homie, the, the uh, real estate dude. Yeah, he, tweeted, yeah. he tweeted something like where he was like, uh, Y'all talking about I'm losing followers. Good. I've been trying to lose followers since last year or something like that. Yeah. And like, and I low key felt that shit because I'm not necessarily trying to lose followers, but I'm I'm not trying to have you as a follower if you can't handle what I say. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a I'm gonna say what's on my mind, and and I don't try to be disrespectful with it. I always try to be tactful and and as polite as possible as as the circumstance calls for. Mm-hmm. But um. But yeah, like I know for a fact, people follow me one day and then end up follow, unfollowing me in like two weeks. So they like, oh nah, yeah. I followed him because he said something about Bitcoin, and now he over here talking about how black people and hip hop is a problem. So yeah, you know, I already know that like people can't hang. So yeah, yeah. Bottom line, I've always just kind of been authentic with my shit, and and it's worked so far. And I'm not necessarily worried about my follower count. So. Who knows where it'll go, but I'm pretty sure it'll keep going up. Yeah, yeah. Shout out B, by the way. But um, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, just to um, cause for the people that's listening that may not be familiar, if if I recall correctly, the the stock tweet was like kind of how you connected like the price of of resale sneakers right with the price of stocks. If right. I recall correctly, yeah, yeah, and uh, and just real quick on that. Like some people have been like, oh, that was, that was way too long. You didn't need to do all them tweets in the thread. But like, I was really trying to tap into the emotion of stock buying, right? Because I could have easily just said, oh, yeah, it's supply and demand. It's whatever people will buy it at, that's what people will take it at. But I wanted to really tap into the fact that like, there's a whole order book behind it. And there's a bunch of opinions on why something is priced at something. And that's where it's all coming from. So, yeah, it's a little wordy, but I, I I wanted to really get that like emotion part across, and I think that, but I think for the people that aren't investors, they understand that even though they don't under they don't they can't really pinpoint what I'm saying, but when you read that thread, you kind of get that sense where it's like, all right, somebody's thinking through the plays and somebody's calculating certain things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, it was a resale thing, and it was basically connecting how. You know, if if you got a pair of Jordans and you think they're worth uh, three hundred, but then somebody tell you they'll they'll buy buy them off you for five hundred, 
then shit, maybe they work way more than 300 you thought uh, and vice versa. And that's the same way stocks work. And yeah, and that joint, uh, like I said, brought a uh, guy like up to a thousand retweets or something like that. And it's not even about counting the numbers. I'm just happy that like it's really helping people. And, you know, it, it connected the dots for that many people uh, to get them started investing or to even be that first thing that made investing make sense. Um, so yeah, like I was real proud of that. Mm -hmm. And and I will say like from having, you know, been rocking with you for a minute and following you that, yeah, it has been organic, you know what I mean? And, and you've been on kind of like, you've been kind of on both sides of it, like consumer and investor, I'd imagine. Like, I don't remember you ever being like super big into, into like sneakers and shit like that, but you knew enough about it to connect it for people who may not have otherwise been able to readily make that connection. Yeah, right, right. And the thing too is like, I didn't even, I didn't technically mean to make that connection where it's like the whole resale game is popping. I really was just like, I know that the culture really loves shoes. You know what I'm saying? First of all. Mm -hmm. Um, So I felt like that would grab attention uh, and just be something that could make sense. Um, And like, no matter what the product is, it's going to work that same way. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's going to work with that same supply-demand uh, market principle. So I could have paid anything, but I really tapped into the Jays and the Jordans because I know that's what Black people rock with, and I wanted that thread to be more focused to us. So yeah. uh, it just so happened that there was the whole StockX resale aspect to it that, like, blended perfectly. But I swear I really didn't like make that connection at first until people responding was like, yo, I resell shoes and I never even peeped the stocks like this, but this makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, true. You know what I'm saying? Glad I got help for real. No doubt. But um we'll get back on Twitter. We're gonna switch back to to the to the accounting and, and the other shit real quick. Um yeah, so yeah. you you did the you worked for the small business for a bit, and then what I remember is you started doing checkmate part-time and was still working at the county business 20 hours a week. Uh, was roughly. Nah, so now nah, real when I first started checkmate, I was still going full time at the, at the, uh, at the government contractor and, um, started as a cleaning business. So I was doing the cleans on the weekends and, you know, late nights when I could, uh, then that transitioned into the moving. Uh, my homies were doing the moving already, so they plugged me to some lead sources and kind of the way they did things. And I mean, I did things different. Like they, uh, they never really provided a truck. They was just labor based, which is a real good business model because you don't got to worry about none of that overhead. Um, but then when I started rocking with my lead sources, they was all asking me for trucks. So then, so like, yeah, I, at the end of the day, we didn't do the identical things, but they definitely put me on to the moving. And I was already doing the cleaning, so then the moving went hand in hand because when people moved, they needed to clean. Yes. Um, and then people was asking me for carpet clean, so then it evolved into all of that. But it really just started on the cleans and, like, the small moves while I was still working full-time at the at the job. Um, and then, for real, one day what happened was when I was at work, I got, like, 10 calls, no lie, uh, off, of my, off of my thumbtack page. So... I was already making money off of it. And then when I, when I got all them calls and I'm looking at all these leads to the point where I'm like, yo, I'd rather be, you know, negotiating those than sitting in here dealing with this bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, for real, that was my shining moment. That day I was like, yo, I'm done for real. I, I quit this. So I went home, thought about it more, uh, ran some numbers, talked to my mom, talked to Kiana, talked to my, uh, my girl. And yeah, and then I hit my boss up that night and was like, yeah, uh, I'm not coming back. You know what I'm saying? I started my own thing and I'm about to just rock with that. And um, but that but I I was so important to the company at the time that they needed me on. So that's when I worked the part time after that, um, mm-hmm. like as the transition stage, they kept me on. I was still doing my business, but then I was helping them, like, uh, you know, train the next person and kind of move my stuff to not me doing it no more. Uh, so that was like two months, I think, uh, like as a contractor for them. So uh, yeah, and after that, it was full go. I was 100% on, on my business. 
Gotcha. Were you? I don't think I asked this. What 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 triggered what triggered you to start it initially? Was it just like the the homies put you on, or was it just like just like something was like missing? How did that work for you when you was just like I'm gonna just do this, get on thumbtack? Definitely, uh, definitely something was missing because I just kept. I mean, I was like twenty. Well, I was twenty nine, I think. So I was getting to that that kind of next stage shit, looking at 30, thinking about like, you know, what do I own? What growth have I had? And not that I was like a bum or nothing at all. Cause I was, you know, I paid off my debts and I was making money. I was doing all right. It just, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't growing financially like I wanted to. And it was because I was just in the mindset of like, oh, it's going to happen when it happens. It's, it's going to happen when us, when I reach a certain age, when it's supposed to happen. And it was all this, false thinking that I was doing. Um, but not really. Yeah. So something was missing. I just knew like, I couldn't keep working for the weekends. I was like, yeah, this isn't me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and same way I talk like my shit on Twitter. Now I got a powerful message. I feel like, you know, I got powerful thoughts and I feel like me going to work 40, 50 hours for somebody else is suppressing that energy that could really push me to where I need to be. And not only just me, like, I think I can help a lot of people. So uh, it was just a culmination of a lot. And then I started getting into investing. I had bought Bitcoin and some stocks uh, prior to even doing the whole business thing. I started getting into investing. Um, so you got the investing thing going on. And then I started my side hustle. And then uh, I know we were talking about music and whatnot. Nipsey was really important. Uh, it was right when Victory Lap dropped and I was just in such a mode of like financial and personal growth. Um, and for me, you know, I'm very selective about my rappers. So uh, I wasn't the biggest Nipsey fan at the time. Like no, no lie about it. I wasn't the biggest Nipsey fan pre-Victory Lap. Um, but then when I listened to that joint, Cause I always give the rappers a chance. Like that's how I am. Even if I know, like, all right, this might not be what I want to hear. I'm gonna at least hear it out so that you know I can vouch for for what's going on in the scene. I'm way less like that now, but a couple of years ago I was a lot more into it. Um, but bottom line is, I started rocking with the Victory Lap at the same time. My mindset was already in the exact mindset that Nipsey was literally talking about. So it was just like a perfect birth per, or a perfect marriage. Um, and then everything started going and, uh, you got the investing, you got the hustle, you got the mindset, uh, and it just led to me being like, yeah, uh, you know, I can't, I can't keep doing this. I can't, I put two and two together to the point where I was like, yeah, I'm making my money, but I'm making y'all millions. Like, and I'm an accountant, I'm doing the books. I see how much money they're making, I see how much money I'm making, I see how much money everybody in the company, how much our contractors are making. And it was just like, yeah, this shit is not where it's at right now. Like I'm busting my ass and I'm not, I'm not growing. Um, so just everything snowballed into uh, the big day. And it was April 28th, I believe, uh, 2018, when I hit my man, hit, hit, hit my boss Dave up. And Dave's still cool, I still keep in contact with everybody. It was no hard. It was no, it was no hard feelings. It was nothing bad. It was just like, look, y'all feel like y'all doing what y'all got to do for y'all. I feel like I got to do what I got to do for me. And uh, and then yeah, the rest is early history right now, and hopefully big history one day. No doubt, I'm sure it will be. Appreciate um, that. Was there any what what triggered you to start with the stocks and the Bitcoin? Really, it was off a. Uh, so stocks, my man's had some into had some insight into what Microsoft was doing, um, and kind of the product lines and launches that they might be coming out with, and and it was all I mean public knowledge. It was Azure and the cloud and all that shit, but I wasn't really tapped in at the time. Uh, so I started doing my research and I already knew about Microsoft. So I was just like, yeah, uh, let's buy some stocks. And this is when Robinhood. First started like really getting popping. Um, 
And it was like more and more across Twitter, more like people were just using Robinhood. So I got Robinhood. Um, yeah, transferred the money in, bought, bought like 10 shares of Microsoft. And then not too long after that, I'm telling you, I was in the mindset of like, I'm just trying to grow my money. So how I got into Bitcoin was actually through sports gambling at the time. Because like I said, I was just trying to grow my money. So uh, I, I was big in the sports and I was like, I might as well try to use this knowledge to make some funds off of it. So I was using these sketchy sites because gambling wasn't nowhere near as accessible as it is now. Where you can just, you know, download the BetMGM app from anywhere. This shit is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, so I was on one of them, like the, the sketchy.eu sites and uh, they weren't taking my cards, but they took Bitcoin. So I had knew I knew enough about it to know where to buy it that I could transfer it and all that good stuff. Even though I had none of it. Uh, and this was through a friend that already plugged me in, but I, I still didn't fully grasp the concept and I wasn't in the investor mindset. So I definitely didn't get with Bitcoin as early as I should have. Um, but yeah, so I knew enough about it. I had a Coinbase. Uh, I got a Coinbase account, bought some Bitcoin just to transfer it into this gambling site. But this was right when Bitcoin started popping. So I bought it around like 8K. And then before I know it, it's at 10. Uh, and again, I didn't buy a whole coin, but I bought like two, $300 worth. Um, next thing I know, it's 13, 15, almost 20K. So I was just like, I just got into Bitcoin from then on. I didn't even transfer it into the game site. I just kept the Bitcoin, um, kept buying more, lost money when the bubble popped, um, but then waited around and bought more. Uh, but yeah, getting back to the to the original point, Microsoft stock at first and then bought Bitcoin. Um, and then from there, I just once I realized what investing was and I was like, oh, I transfer this money in and then it just grows and I can sell and get my money back whenever I want. I just started going a lot harder on it because it just made a lot a lot more sense to me at that point. Um, stocks and Bitcoin. So, uh, yeah. So from there, I just, you know, I'm, I'm here where I'm a really active investor across the landscape. You know, and that's why it's so important for us to, like, talk about it because you're the reason why I even started to, like look into them and start to put money into it because I, I think I told you when we talked on the phone, I was somewhere around like 2019 when I first was like, when I first moved back and I was like, yo, I got to make some shake where I was mm-hmm. like, I, I thought you had to have, I thought you had to have like real bread to, to invest. Like I thought you tried to be rich already. Right. And, nah, that's what I'm saying. Like little $1,500 purchases went a long way, especially when we were buying them back then. They go, they go a little less now that it's a 50 K. But it's still gonna go a long way when it's at a million. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What I, what I'm noticing is right between your journey and my journey, like the stuff you you really don't come up on stuff until you start. Like it's either something that clicks in your mind, like some kind of void, or just doing, like literally just like taking a step, and you never know what's gonna like with the podcast. Like I, I told you this before we got on, but. I wouldn't have ever done a solo one. I wouldn't have ever done the the, the boxing one, but but the homie, you know, talked about it for like a year, and then he set up a Zoom call. We finally got on it. Next thing you know, you know, we're we're doing it every week, and next I feel like like I'm, I'm like okay, this is cool, but like I would like to talk about some other things outside of boxing too, and so boom, here I am right now talking to you. Exactly, it, it literally is the power of doing. Uh, too many people. And like I tweet this stuff all the time where it's just like you can be your biggest obstacle a lot of the time. Um, and we like to always weigh what's, what's going to go wrong and what could go wrong. And then we don't look at that one thing that could go right about it. Um, so, yeah, it's all about doing. And that's all I've been doing, like even to the point when people like a lot of people message me or they ask me, you know, what books did you read or what resources uh, did you look at to know what you know? And like, I don't have a really good answer for them because of my bet. I just been buying shit. Like straight up, I just been buying and trying shit. That's all. Uh, like I obviously look up Googles and YouTubes. Um, and you know, having an and being an accountant definitely helps me to understand financial stuff better. Uh, but it's really just doing it. And I tell people this all the time, like they pay me for the calls for me to, you know, give them educational stuff on 
stocks and different things like that. Uh, and I tell people all the time, like the biggest difference between me and y'all is that I just don't need to call somebody before I buy something. Like really, that's really what it comes down to. A lot of people are just nervous and like always worried about the scared stuff. So they want that second opinion and they feel comfortable hearing it from me to say, yeah, go hard. Um, whereas I can look in the mirror and say, go hard and, and then do it. And it's really all it comes down to is just doing it, man. Uh, and, and, and not being afraid to fail. You know, you got to put yourself in situations where failure is possible. You don't want to fail, obviously, but it's got to be possible or you're not growing. And like, I got to the point now where I, I don't really get scared about stuff. It's just like, I'm looking for those risk opportunities. I'm looking for that growth. I'm looking where most people would be scared to do what I'm doing. Um, and I'm doing it comfortably now. And I'm not even rich, like I said, nowhere near it. So the, the, the more bread we get, the higher the bread stacks up, the more comfortable it's going to get. And the more these systems I've already built are just going to flourish. Um, but yeah, it really just started off of doing the bottom line was doing. And I like, we talked about thumbtack, but before thumbtack, I was doing this app called tackle. And I just saw that off of a commercial real late night. This was right at the same time when I wanted to get my stuff popping. And it was like, yeah, you could do cleaning jobs and get paid. And I just jumped into it. You know, I bought a whole bunch of cleaning supplies from Dollar Tree. I didn't know what a professional cleaner was supposed to come up with, but I knew how to clean stuff. Um, so I bought about $20 worth of supplies from Dollar Tree. First job was uh, just cleaning the kitchen for like $60. So I only made about 40 off of it. But just that little taste of like, oh, it's possible just led to what we're doing now. And like you said, it just all started from doing, just not overthinking, just doing. Um, and lastly, on this subject, especially with investing, like a lot of people, if you got a job and you're making decent money to the point where you're saving a lot of money every month, then just invest it. And I don't mean to be like nonchalant, just throw it at anything, but but get comfortable with investing that because you can look at it like, yo, if it goes down, you're still about to make that back next month and you're still going to make whatever you need to keep the lights on next month. So just do it. You know what I'm saying? And like, that's not to tell anybody go do anything wild and crazy. Obviously, all financial decisions got to be made with uh, risk management and be responsible. But like. Don't be so scared of what could go wrong when you're sitting in a position that will allow you to flourish if you just fucking do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Only thing I would say to piggyback on that, right, is cause that's kind of why I named my podcast the Water Podcast after, you know, Bruce Lee's whole thing about being like water. Because, yeah, like the fear is going to be there. But a lot of times it's like for me and all my failures, my failures didn't really do anything for me for a minute because there was the ego there of like, man, I failed or like kind of like the ego kind of creates like from the ego manifests, like, I don't know, the feeling of failure or disappointment or whatever, because you attach yourself to some kind of outcome that may not be realistic or whatever. But I, I call I, I like the water mindset because it allow it makes you more adaptable, like you pivot from the failures and then your failures are no longer failures. They're, they're springboards. They're learning experiences for, for the next come up. Exactly. And like, I know we're going to talk about music, but like there's one, one song, uh, who is it? I think it's 21 pilots. He says something like, what if, you know, what if my dream doesn't come true? What do I tell my friends? Like that's a line in the song. And that line always sticks out to me because it's so real because like, especially in the social media age, if you start going hard on a project and you dedicate your whole, you know, online brand to that. And then two years later it flops. That's what a lot of people are worried about. It's like, you know, what do the people closest to me, what are they going to think? Are they going to think I'm a failure? They're going to be laughing at me. I'm going to be embarrassed. And it's like, who cares? Like we get so caught up in the right now that we completely lose sight of the big picture. Cause like, if you think about the biggest problem you had two years ago, 
it's just a blimp on the radar now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you laugh at it. But two years ago, it was so fucking huge. You were so worried about life. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we deal with that all the time where we're always just facing the, the what ifs and the negatives. Um, and we're scared of that failure. And we're scared of the people around us judging and all of that. And it doesn't, like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. And I'm speaking that from experience with the hip-hop intellects thing. That shit technically failed. Like, I dropped it. I stopped doing it. I switched my whole Twitter to something different. You know what I mean? But, like, my friends don't look at that and be like, oh, you failed. My friends look at that and be like, my friend cared about something so much that he actually did something about it. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and that's the thing. Whereas when I started, I could have been looking at it like, well, if this goes bad, now everybody's going to view me as a failure. But instead, it was just like the first failure that launched me into something better. Um, And nobody judged me for that. Nobody thinks negatively uh, negatively of me for bailing on hip hop intellects. Like half of them probably don't even remember that I did the shit. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, the whole fear or the whole failure thing and like being so scared of it that it, it boxes people in. Uh, it's a it's a it's a real thing, and like I can speak from experience that it just doesn't have to be that way. You don't got to be scared of those outside opinions as long as you care about the inside one the most. Mm-hmm. The last thing I say is that you know people will kind of form their opinion of you and kind of keep you in that box, and like sometimes we can keep ourselves in that boxes that we're put in. You feel me? But we had a power to reinvent ourselves. And I think that's such an underrated thing to do. Cause, and I say that from experience too. Right. Right. And it's just, I don't know. It's kind of like you said earlier, it's just all stepping stool, uh, stepping stones. You know what I'm saying? You can't, you just can't look at one project. Like it's the end all be all. You just got to look at it. Like it's, it's, it's what you're doing now. It's the next step. If it ends up being that million dollar thing, then perfect. Um, but if not, then, you just got to make sure it teaches you what will get you there. Even if it's not the next one, hopefully it's the next one. Hopefully it's the next one. The the most successful entrepreneurs all failed. Uh, you know, so that's just the name of the game. So in addition to what we just been talking about, would you say, what else would you say you learned from like entrepreneurship or from investing? Is there anything else that you could pinpoint that, that you learned directly from that? Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot. But if I could summarize it, it's this, you know, the the power of taking my life into my own hands. Because like I said earlier, I was uh, and I think a lot of people think this way. I don't think I was alone in that where I was I was in my early young 20s, mid 20s. And I looked at rich as success as like a trajectory path where it's like as long as you stay on it, you'll get there eventually. And and I looked at it as like somebody has to crown it for me and that there's an age it'll get there. And like, I don't know, I just looked at life as like way too structured. And uh, and ever since I started investing and, and running my own businesses and just, you know, taking my own life and time into my own hands, uh, I've been able to see just the how I used to think and how different it is now. Um, and you know, like I used to, and I was still in my twenties. I didn't understand necessarily the globe as much as I do now. And that's not to say I completely understand it now either. Um, but I was way more like leaning on the government back then and not on the welfare shit, but just like on some y'all need to help us and what are y'all doing and, and all of that good shit that we see on Twitter and stuff all time, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but ever since I started my own stuff, it's just like, I don't care what y'all are doing. Like for real, I don't care. Just stay, stay out of my business and I'm going to make sure I'm me and mine are okay. And that, that mindset right there is everything because now I walk through life. Like everything is an opportunity for me. Like, like I put out that video, uh, on Twitter where I seen the mobile barber. So I hit him up like, Hey, you trying to get an investor? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I look at the world now, where it's like, yo, this shit is my oyster. And again, I'm not rich yet, um, but I'm 
I'm living with an abundance mindset and and I'm living with a with an understanding that the outcomes are always are always based on my on whatever I put in. You know what I mean? There is no it'll happen sometime. There is no they'll let you get it when you reach a certain pinnacle. There is none of that. It's all on me and and, and my girl, too. I mean, we're a team. Um, but yeah, bottom line is it's all on us. Uh to get where we want to be. And a couple of years ago, I didn't think like that. A couple of years ago, I just, I, I thought I had to get a lucky break, but now I know I have to make my lucky break. So yeah, something, something about that mindset um, is really empowering. Uh, and it's not for entrepreneurship isn't for everybody, but investing is, and you can still get that. You can get that same mindset from just investing because you're making your money grow without somebody else. And that's really all, that's really all entrepreneurship. And that's where that empowerment comes from is owning my way of, of supporting myself. And you can get that through investing. So you don't got to do it through entrepreneurship, but it's definitely been amazing for me so far. And I'm still working on things right now, like a partnership with my carpet cleaning company and a different cleaning company. Um, I'm working on two sites, uh, a, a different idea that I want to turn into a company. So yeah, man, I just got a lot going on. And a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have been able to think about life like this at all. Right. And you have your, your services that you offer too, right? Yeah, exactly. And I'm, and that's kind of what I was talking about. Well, one of the ideas that I want to turn into a business where I'm already doing the financial services, but I want to step it up and do a, and really solidify a small business consulting firm. And, but I mean, there's a lot of opinions on that because everybody don't like consulting and you got to really know what you're doing. Um, but I'm gonna put a twist on it. I'm gonna put a real nice twist on it. And I'm gonna really help a lot of people. So yeah, I'm gonna branch off from the personal finance into the more of the um, small business consulting with the personal finance still going. But yeah, that's just, that's just one thing on the, on the plate. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's allowed on the plate while I'm standing in this 2000 square foot house that we still are in the process of renovating. So it's just always stuff going on. I'm always busy. I'm mostly always tired, but I'm not, I'm never scared about it. Cause I look at it like, Hey, this is, this is the life I want. These are the challenges that I want if I'm going to get to where I need to be. So yeah, just been, been rocking with that and just trying to literally make every opportunity grow that I can't shit my man that's the American dream right there <laughs> yeah. H- however they, however they painted it like that's that's what it is in real life feel me right and it's so, not tied to a mortgage like everybody thinks exactly <laughs> so what would you what would you want your your, your legacy to be like when, when it's all said and done well it don't have to be you know I, I asked this you know in, in the context but it doesn't have to be in any one context you feel me yeah yeah uh Honest, I mean, like if you ask me that right now, my my answer to you honestly would be that um that I help black culture in a way by redirecting hip hop <laughs> when it was in one of its darkest days. Even though it's you know commercially at at, at the peak, but just cultural wise. I, I, it needs a redirection. Um, so to be honest with you, with the way, with what I'm looking at now, if I, if that could be my legacy, I'd be very proud of it. And that is not to say like, it would have to go down that, that impact really helped black people. Not just that, you know, oh, music changed, but, but nothing else changed across the landscape. It would be my, my vision that a more constructive hip hop would make a more constructive black culture. And if I could be a pivotal person in making that vision become real, I don't care about the money or any of that at that point, like that would be the best thing that, that I could be most proud of. That's dope. And it's also dope because something that I'm realizing now that like my circles, 
somewhat includes more entrepreneurs now than it has ever before. But I find that the the entrepreneurs who aren't motivated by money, when they when they answer that question, it has and I and I say this without truly knowing your motivations, right? But from what you from the way you answered it, I'll like include you in here and hopefully it applies. But the ones that aren't motivated by money, they want their legacy to be something that does not necessarily involve money. So it's something that they're passionate about. You know what I mean? And so yeah. when so money is like a tool for them to create the life they want to live and to help the people that they want to help specifically. Yeah. And obviously like with the whole hip hop thing, it's very subjective. So like there's, there's probably, there's millions of people that don't agree with what I just said and would be like, what you want your legacy to be what? Like, what are you fucking talking about? You know what I'm saying? Um, But then there's millions that also hear that and be like, you know, I feel that, you know what I'm saying? Like hip hop is, um, important and we need to value it a little more for most people. I can understand where you want your legacy to be something, um, objective, like you, it, that they can't say anything about. It's like, Oh, he, his company did this and she made this amount of money. So, you know, numbers don't lie. That person was great. Um, whereas my vision is a little more abstract and, maybe could never happen. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, like I always say, I'm not blaming hip hop on, on any of, of, our, of the situations that black people are dealing with. Um, so I'm not here to say like, oh, if hip hop doesn't change, we're doomed or anything like that. No, uh, I just, it matters a lot to me with how much I care about music and how much I care about our culture. Uh, so if for my personal being, the way I see the landscape and the way I look at the world right now, that is what I would want my legacy to be. Um, and yeah, and there's, if I could get money while I'm doing it, yeah, great. But either way, I'm going to make my money without it. And I can still put my time into that. I feel it. What originally got you so deeply into music? Uh, I mean, really just my parents. I mean, I was, my dad's a DJ, like he was DJing at high school and he DJed up until, I mean, a few years ago, he was still doing parties and weddings and stuff. Um, he plays the drums. My mom really into music too. Uh, I mean, like she, the white lady that be out dancing to everybody at the, at the barbecues and shit like that. <laughs> um, so like we just always had music on and uh just always like it was always the speaker collection or the seat the, the vinyl collection with the big ass speakers um and music playing on the weekends music playing uh after work just I, I grew up in a musical household so uh and i mean i didn't at the time i didn't realize like i don't know I didn't realize that it was a musical household until now where I see that like, yeah, the family, other people and other families just aren't so musically driven. Um, but yeah, the parents definitely played a big role. And then uh, once I got to college is when I started playing the drums. Uh, Cause I honestly like rock band, the the video game, garage band and whatever that was. No, not garage band. That's the Apple joint uh, rock band and guitar hero. There you go. Yeah. Um, like the first time I played them joints, I was I, I I wasn't in the rock or nothing like that. I was like, man, get this shit out of here. Like, what is this? Put it down. So, but then a couple of years back, a couple of years later, I revisited it with a new ear, and I was like low key in the rock at that time. Um, and then that shit, playing the drums on that just felt so right. And like I said, my dad played the drums, so I'd already had like early lessons. Uh, so I just bought a I just bought a drum set on literally on some just do shit, right? Like, and this was uh when I was still in college, this was pre-entrepreneur, any of that. Uh but playing garage or playing the rock band on the drums felt so good. I was like, man, I, I need a fucking drum set. Uh got a drum set and then basically was self-taught from there. I took a couple lessons. Um, but yeah, and then just been kind of just 
developing a love for finding new sounds and like and and honestly with the drums it makes it real easy to love any kind of music because I mean 90 99% of songs got some kind of bass snare pattern so I mean it makes it real easy for me to follow anything um but yeah in terms of just what got me into it definitely my family uh big Michael Jackson growing up like I had Michael Jackson posters and would uh put the wristbands on my arms and shit to try to look like them in the videos be doing the dances and all that like me and my mans uh my best friend still to this day we we would legit like he would he would either sleep over my crib or I would be at his crib on the weekends um and we would watch the Michael Jackson concert like every time no lie it was probably two hours it was the um the dangerous tour in Germany uh, the joint that a lot of people seen. But we would watch this shit, like, literally every weekend, we was, got to the point where we could do all the shit with him while he was performing it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, when I look back on all this, it's just like, yeah, music is in everybody's life, but I don't know. I've always, I've always liked it a lot more. And I've always been real good about lyrics, too. Like, I see that. Other people, uh, you know, can't memorize lyrics and can't really have the rhythm to recite them on on pace and shit um but i'm talking about since i was like eight seven i was always like i would listen to a radio or a song on the radio like 10 times and then know all the words um so yeah music just i don't know just always really been about it and then it just grew like shit in college when i started playing the drums true and i'm sure you experienced it differently as a you talked a little bit a little bit already but actually playing it and experiencing from that standpoint and then listening to it, I, I imagine makes you appreciate it that much more too. Yeah. Big time. I mean, cause you just, it's the thing is, is like people don't realize how much of a science uh, music actually is like, it's definitely an art of course, but there's a science to it. And like literally the drums is mad. And that's why I love it so much. Cause like, if you're, if the math is wrong, the beat is raw. The beat is off. And you can, and like me, I can like feel it. Like, oh, no, that math was off. Because, um, you know, drums is all about counting. That's one thing I love about it, because I love math. Uh, so it just, it feels right. It's like I'm playing math, kind of. Um, but, yeah, after, I, off of playing it, and then when you listen to it, you just got a way better understanding for the, the what they were doing in the studio, whether it's a band or just somebody, you know, on the on the computer program um they all follow that same kind of science whether it's the quarter note the eighth note the 16th um the melodies and the pitches and all of that shit you know you got a tune you got a tune of uh drum set the same way you got a tune of guitar uh same way you tune the piano all that stuff so um when you play it and then i've like played with other people too never like in an official band but I've done multiple jam sessions where I'm just playing with people. So when you do that, you then you have a way better appreciation because like you kind of know what them people were going through when they were making that joint. Um, but yeah, you know, just like with anything, if you if you know how it's made, you appreciate it a lot more. For sure. I think I told you, but I my in, in my next phase of life after I get to where I want to be um, financially, at least this next level. I definitely want to dabble with the piano and with like DJ and maybe some, some, some low key producing. Yeah. The piano is, uh, I'm trying to get into the piano eventually too. Uh, piano and the bass. That's, that's what I want to get on. They say the piano is, uh, really universal too. Like you learn that you can learn anything. I can see that. So with the love of music and how it's been nurtured, what kind of got you to the point of, you know, wanting to start the blog and, and kind of having this, this kind of altruistic sort of stance on it? It was before, I mean, it was after I started playing the drums. Like I said, I was already, I got into rock music, so I started, I got a different ear for a different sound. Um, and it just started to make me take a step back from what I had known music to be. And it was mostly hip hop at that point. And I was just like, yo, like, wow. It just started making me question the lyrics that I had loved for so long. And just like, why are we doing this? Like, why? I just started questioning a lot. Um, and then, I, so the, the moment that I'm talking about was Rick Ross' Bag of Money, right? When that track dropped, and that was, uh, I think, 
think 2011 or 12, because I just graduated college. Um, I don't know. I'm listening to the joint and I'm just like, what is what are, what is this? What are we talking about? My bitch bad looking like a bag of money. And like, I get it. That's a cool line. But like, I just it was at a really breaking point where I was just like, man, what are we doing? And something about that song, it was like I was already really getting into rock. Like my my weighting of music started getting really heavy on the rock at that point. And then that song just was like, man, what the fuck are we doing? It really pissed me off. So and not just that song, a whole bunch of songs previous, obviously. Um, so, yeah, then from there, I just really got more into the rock. I was still listening to rap like that at the same time Kendrick dropped uh, Good Kid, Mad City. So I was all the way into that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just was real selective about the rap I listened to at that point. Um, that transitioned into me tweeting and Facebooking about it all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, what, what are y'all doing? Why do y'all love this shit? Let's wake up. Like, don't y'all see that it's controlled? Y'all holler about racism in every aspect of life. But the one that is, like, most obvious right in our face that this shit is being is controlled by the racist system Y'all don't care about it and y'all love it and perpetuate it. So this was all my Twitter and shit at the time. So I was going hard. I was just passionate and just in love with the idea of like, of like, why can't y'all see what I'm seeing now? Um, as selfish or as selfish and pretentious and whatever the word you might want to use as that may be. That's just really what it was. Um, so from there, I was just like, man, like, I'm tired of just talking about it on socials. Like, Let's actually do something with this. Let's start a site. Let's see if, because at the time my thinking was, you know, everybody's trying to do a blog. So to do a blog, you got to be different. And everybody's trying to do a hip hop blog, but it's not too many that are coming at it from that point of view. Like, hey, can we think about this shit? And I was also posting like different rappers. I wasn't posting the ones that was always on Hot New Hip Hop and Hip Hop Early and all of those at the time. Um I was posting the joints that I had to dig through and find because I wanted to I wanted to not just sit there and bash the, the ones I didn't like. I wanted to support the ones I did like since I felt like the, the system wasn't giving them the support that they needed. Um, so I was just like, yeah, I'll start a site instead of just sitting here ranting about it all the time. So I started the site and my idea was like, you know, this shit could turn into a music label one day. Like I get buzz of being the 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 head of the you know of the the kind of that's what you want to call it I, i'm more call it real rap i know a lot of people think real is gangster but i think real is like a real perspective a truth perspective so i call it what i like real rap um but yeah my vision was like i'm gonna be a fucking you know run a label based on real rap and i'm gonna be the and it's gonna turn into like source and i'm gonna be this huge person in hip-hop um and obviously that didn't happen. Uh, and again, my vision, my mission was more was was also rooted in like changing hip hop for the better. So it wasn't just all about me. Um, but I did look at it like it was my first entrepreneur endeavor where, you know, I was doing something on the public scene that could turn into something big if, if it took off um, and it didn't. I was getting, you know, a couple hundred uh, page views. I got couple thousand one month uh when a post like uh not went viral at all but got a little couple of num got some numbers on social media um so yeah i was doing all right and it was a cool passion project but it just wasn't really going anywhere like i wanted to and it wasn't making me money uh and it was that and i was coming to that crossroads where i just needed more money um so yeah i dropped the the blog couple years like what two years maybe before i really went into entrepreneurship um but like if you just connect all of it it's really like i look at it, like i said the blog was kind of my first stab at entrepreneurship i didn't really start an llc and i didn't like have a means of income at all when i was doing it um so it wasn't like a profit it wasn't no thriving business it wasn't a corporation nothing like that i just looked at it like this is an initiative I'm taking on. There was definitely expenses behind it because I had to pay to host the site and different things. Um, but yeah, no income or nothing like that. I just looked at it like it's, it's a chance to do something. Didn't work. Um, but like I said, I learned that 
who cares if I fail? Just keep trying. Um, I also learned how to how to start a site, how to design a site, how to populate a site, how to host a site, um, which is all things I'm doing now with my endeavors now, too. So, I mean, that was critical. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know if the music thing necessarily is like a big correlation or causation into entrepreneurship. I know that Nipsey uh, is a big influence on my life. Um, so that is definitely a musical influence that got me into entrepreneurship. Um, but for the most part, it was just a culmination of like, I guess what really, I guess what you could say is, is a big sum and like ties everything together. is like an individualism theme and like a theme of of changing status quo and the theme of like, I'm not about to be stuck in the box. Like just cause y'all think hip hop should be this way. I'm not going to be stuck in that box. I'm going to listen to whatever I want and I'm going to support these rappers that y'all don't like. And then when they got to, you know, uh, the corporate world and, and, and especially like my black mission with investing and stuff, it's like, uh, you know, I'm not about to be stuck in this box of, working at, at the white man's corporation and making them rich while I'm like getting mines and we're just falling behind. So then it got into entrepreneurship. So it's all like, there's a big theme of individualism and just like fuck status quo. Like for real, I really feel very strongly about fuck status quo. Um, so yeah, you could tie that, you could tie that connection to basically my early twenties to where I'm at now, my, my early thirties. I feel it. And you plan on, I wouldn't say resurfacing, but you, you have another project in the works that's related to music. Yeah, for sure. I'm actually, I mean, like I just came up with the idea and I think it's a really brilliant idea. And again, it's aimed at this one is way less like change hip hop. This is not a change hip hop project. Um, it's a, just a perspective thing. I want to provide a platform for fans of all kinds to express how they feel about hip hop at that time, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether, you, you know, they want to talk about a specific artist or they want to talk about the macro scene, uh, whether they want to talk about a current event and how, uh, you know, a rapper did ties it into a current event that we're dealing with, whatever it could be. You know what I'm saying? I want to provide a platform that lets people talk about this thing that we love so much, but, a lot of people are like scared to really talk about how they feel about it um, because it's just such a, it's been put in such a box of coolness that like, if you don't really go with the machine, people are going to judge you for not being cool. And a lot of people are worried about that. So I am coming up with a, with a way that's going to let people tell, you know, be honest with how they feel about hip hop. And it's, again, not a bashing thing, not a negative thing. There's going to be a lot of, love on the site um but it's going to be a no judgment zone tell us how you feel um and i just want to share it share it to the world that's tough i'm looking forward to seeing how that comes into fruition yeah yeah i'm uh it's really early but but the vision for what i think for what i see as the operation to make it thrive it won't take much on my behalf because i want it to be mostly fan-based content so i just need to get the fans to know that this site exists and hopefully they submit their stuff and then I can post it and we'll just be a big community of hip hop lovers. It's like straight up. Mm -hmm. I still love hip hop. I love, I listen to everything. I listen to the rock. I listen to the pop. I listen to the R and B. I listen to the everything for real. Um, I criticize hip hop and I have my protests within hip hop, but I still love it. It's like they always say, you protest the things that you actually care about. You know what I'm saying? Like if I didn't care about it and if I didn't care about his cultural impact, I would just withdraw myself and say, look, y'all got it. But I actually care about it enough to, to say like, I'm always going to be involved with it. No matter how much animosity I might have towards certain aspects of it, I'm going to always love the aspects that I love. And, and hopefully this site is, you know, is a, is it's symbolic of that and it lets other people that feel that same way talk about it 
exciting stuff, man. Um, is there anything else you want to plug? Uh, I mean, so I got my free uh, accounting course online. It's a personal finance course uh, that uses, you know, complex accounting principles that I had to go to school and that I had to do the corp thing to learn that I had to do a lot of trial and error to learn. Um, but I'm giving it free on my website. It's maxyournetworth.com. So M-A-X-Y-O-U-R-N-E-T-W-O-R-T-H.com. Um, and that's a free one. I think it's 15 lessons and it breaks down. I mean, a lot of things like debt management, um, why cars are bad investments, um, the power of appreciating assets, uh, what really happens over like the 30 year mortgage and like, and, and kind of the hidden costs that people don't realize that goes into owning a home. Um, what is a balance sheet? What is an income statement? All of these kind of things that are like real accounting based. Um, but we all deal with them every single day on our personal finance. Uh, it's a course that basically just breaks that down because I, I strongly believe if you think like an accountant, then you can, you know, make make the financial decisions that'll grow your net worth, that'll maximize your net worth. So I started that site, maxyournetwork.com. Um, and that's the first free one on there. I got a credit card course on there that, that won't cost money, though. Um, and I'm coming with a, another site soon. And I'm not going to get too much into it, but it'll be Bitcoin based. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be really, really, really dope. I'm about eighty percent done with it, and I'm loving what I see. It's gonna be a really unique space for Bitcoin, um, and kind of like a a one stop shop, quick, quick hit reference um, on different things and different stats. Um, so that one is also going to have a like bitcoin and blockchain course and that was that's going to be free as well so my whole thing i'm trying to get this free content out um because like i'm all about each one reach one the same way that you know dr wood reached out to me and grabbed me up and was like look you should be an accountant for these reasons that you don't even know yet i'm trying to each one reach one and give it give this free content out um so that because I'm an entrepreneur in real life. Like I'm doing other things in real life. So I don't need to charge. I don't need to hit everybody over the head for financial knowledge. Um, like I do my paid calls and I do certain things, but like I, I really want to get free content out. So I got the maxyournetwork.com that's going up. And then the Bitcoin site will be out soon. And that's going to have a real in-depth explanation on what the blockchain is you know, like private keys, public keys, what's really happening when when you send a Bitcoin transaction, like how is it happening with, without a person okaying it, all those kind of things. Um, I'm going to run through all of that and it's going to be free on the site. Um, so yeah, that's the plugs right now. I got my, you know, carpet cleaning and, and cleaning business too, but that's real local, just to DC. Um, and like I said, we're in the process of the partnership transition. So we kind of, I'm not really too uh, marketing wise on that right now, but the websites and stuff, yeah, they should be out soon. And I'm looking forward to that. Well, look, I appreciate what you do, especially because like I, I personally like used and benefit, I, I've used your services and, and benefited from how you advise me. So as somebody who's right. personally experienced it, you know I mean? I can definitely say I appreciate what you do. And I'm sure so many others will after you, you know, after you drop the sites, um, and with the content you already have, for real, for real. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm trying out here. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's also like I tell everybody else, I'm going to tell you, like, um, as much of it was you just doing, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, a lot of people say the same kind of stuff I say, but not everybody just actually reacts to it. Um, but, like, you know, you you a little closer to me than just some random Twitter person. Like, the people that was closer to me, I was definitely in their ear and on their head a lot more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, I you know, I was trying to pat y'all on the back, too, for even just doing it. Because there's still people that I've been saying this shit to for years and they still don't do it. So, like, it's, an, it's as much as me saying it to y'all, y'all, same thing for y'all getting involved in and actually going hard with it, too. Because, like, the way you be hitting me back, with your own strategies now. So like a hundred hundreds of other people do too. 
You know what I'm saying? Like I got them in the door and then now they're hitting me back with things that they're doing on their own. And that shit is just dope to me. No doubt. That's that's what the network is for, bro. That's what the network's for. We all out here glowing up for real, for real. Exactly. But no man, thanks, thanks so much for in addition to that, thanks so much for your time. I know you're a busy guy. And I know it took us a minute, but we made it happen. I think th- this is a fire episode. It was a fire convo. Yeah, no doubt. Good convo. It's like we always say when we talk, it always sounds like a podcast anyway. So <laughs> might as well get it on, on, the, uh, on the record. Um, yeah, no doubt. Thanks for having me. Uh, most, most success with, you know, everything that you got going on, because I know a little bit behind the scenes. And, yeah, hopefully, you know, you had me back in, in about a year, and I got a couple more success stories to talk about. No doubt, no doubt. Well, with that said, we're going to call it. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, feel free to follow me at The Water Podcast or on Twitter or IG. Peace.